the word? All right. We, today we are blessed. Uh, Pastor Eli is going to be giving us. We're in the same series all about the stewardship, and he's going to be bringing us a sermon today. So will you please welcome Pastor Eli? Perfect. Good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, so, as I was praying about uh, what to speak on, obviously we know we're going on in stewardship. But for me, growing up, uh, my idea of stewardship was nothing but about finances, 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 finances. Dave Ramsey, finances, finances, finances. Right, and learning how to really uh, manage our money. Um, but um, each and every one of us has been given a purpose in life. So I believe that stewardship is managing what belongs to you or what's been given to you with excellence. Okay, um, And that goes all areas of our life, whether it's our relationship with God, whether it's our finances, whether it's our belongings, whether it's our family, whether it's our prayer life, whether it's spending time with the Lord. It goes in all areas of our life. And we have to do that with excellence, um, or at least to the best of our abilities. And uh, as I was reflecting upon this this week, um, I know that each and every one of you guys have been giving a purpose in life. Each and every one of you have talents, hobbies, and gifts that the Lord has given you. But how are you using those to serve God, but also bless other people? And uh, Doug Pomeroy gave a a powerful word uh, yesterday at men's breakfast, and he says, if you haven't discovered your gifts or purpose yet, start by worshiping God, and he'll reveal it to you. And I'm like, ooh, that's so good, right? Uh, And as you continue to worship God, he's going to start giving you different words of wisdom and what you're supposed to do in life, right? Because obviously, our purpose in life is, first of all, to worship God, but also, as we look throughout the Bible, God has given us different commands. And one of those comes back to uh, the Great Commission, go and make disciples, right? It's sharing the gospel, the love of Jesus with other people. But we become, uh, all right, forgive me. So when I was, uh, we've become kind of soft, okay? Um, Again, so as I was uh, studying, uh, it was like the Lord just kind of hit me right in the gut, which is good, right? It was a really a good self-reflection on my part too. Um, so I'm going to start with that first of all. Uh, and I encourage you to really reflect upon different points. Um, so we've kind of become soft. And so one thing that we're all called to do is share the gospel, but we're too afraid to do it. Whether it's our own mind, whether it's on our emotions, or we don't want to know how other people are going to respond, right? We don't want to offend people. So here's what I found interesting. Uh, being a, a youth pastor, I was starting to look at statistics of this generation and last generation. Uh, what is it, Gen Z and millennials and all that. And just comparing different generations when it comes to the gospel, Um, We really like to hit heavily on the gospel message to students and encourage them to evangelize, to share the gospel. And oftentimes, in Eli's mind, uh, people are just scared, right? People have anxiety. People are fearful. But this is what uh, Barner Research says, okay? Barner Research basically takes a poll. Um, It's very scholarly. People use it uh, all the time. Um, And it said that this generation... I guess Gen Z, is the most calm and confident to share the gospel. And I'm like, what? 
Out of all other generations, they're the most calm and confident, and they're able to explain it to other people, okay? They're able to share the gospel that Jesus died for our sins on the cross out of all other generations. Yet four out of five believe that effective evangelism is showing the gospel by actions, just by actions. It's not verbally communicating, but just by being a good person, right? Because they don't want to offend other people. They also believe that effective evangelism is just by inviting others to church. And I'm like, what? What? And they're the best ones. What? Just telling you what the statistics were saying. Uh, And so to me, it was mind-blowing, right? Uh, And I'm like, man, our whole purpose, we're supposed to obviously worship God, but we're also be able to share that with other people, the relationship and the love of Jesus with everyone. That's part of who we are and what we're called to do. But yet, whether we have anxiety, fear, lazy, we don't want to tell people, and I'm like, what? It just like hit me right in the gut, all right? So to be a good steward, uh, again, I was asking the Lord, God, uh, I know what stewardship is, or at least I think I know what it is, uh, but how in the, what can I preach on? And I feel like the Lord was dropping to me Jonah, and I'm like, oh man, not Jonah, okay? Uh, And the reason is, is that uh, we had a class one time, we had to do this big project for weeks and weeks and weeks on Jonah, and I just wasn't looking forward to Jonah, okay? But there's an awesome class Wednesday nights, right? I think you guys are still doing that is on Jonah. So some of these passages may look familiar to you, and uh, the title of today is Fishy Stewardship, and it's just looking at the, in the eyes of Jonah and how to be a better steward than Jonah, okay? Um, and so I encourage you just to follow along with me. To be a good steward, we can look at Jonah and learn to be a better steward and how to serve God and then others. So to be a good steward, we have to learn to manage what's been given to us, whether it's our talents, whether it's gifts, whether it's our walk with Christ, maybe it's our attitude and actions, maybe it's our relationship with God, possessions, family, job, our purpose or calling, and the list goes on and on and on on being a good steward. And so for me, it's all about self-reflection which is terrible, especially Saturday night, I'm sitting in bed, tossing and turning, because I'm just going through my head, okay, how can I do better at this? How can I do better at that? Um, So to be a good steward, we want to use our talents and obey the Lord. Use our talents to obey the Lord. Jonah uh, chapter 1, 1 through 2 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son, uh, Amitadi, I don't know, Bear with me, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it. For their evil has come up before me. See, Jonah was a prophet. He was commissioned by God. He was given this specific role to deliver a message to people, right? It was his mandate. It was part of his purpose, who he was. And a prophet was someone chosen by God to speak for God. And their job was to accurately speak his message. Women, men and women called to this task uh, come from different social statuses and backgrounds, but every prophet had one thing in common, and that was the heart for God. They had to seek out the Lord to know his message, but then they had to also deliver the message, right? And so many times for you and I, we get stuck on hearing from God, and that's as far as we go, right? It's part of that laziness that kicks in, right? Um, so it, obviously, we've got to do something about it. Um, so every prophet had one thing in common, and that was a heart for God, an anointing to hear from him and his faithfulness to impart his message to other people. 
Second Peter 1 through 20, 121, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were being called along by the Holy Spirit. And so in this verse, we see that it wasn't coming from man, but it was just from the heart of God, I guess, given to Jonah or the prophet to deliver this message to them. And it probably wasn't very pleasant, right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that job. You would step on a lot of people's toes, obviously. Uh, so the prophet's message was not their own, but God. A true prophet had to seek and hear from God and then deliver that message to other people. The Lord called Jonah to preach repentance, right? To turn from their ways to the great city of Nineveh. But the thing about Nineveh is uh, it was a pretty cruel place, right? It was evil. Um, Jonah was to preach against it and say, look, God's judgment is going to come down because of your wickedness. Um, It was a warning, uh, because of the relentless and persistent sins going on. And so for me, I'm thinking about Jonah. I'm like, man, I wouldn't want his job again. Uh, but uh, Jonah was to preach against it. Um, they were known to be cruel cap- to their captives. They had different idols set up. They were heavy into idolatry. They had different temples towards other gods. And so in the eyes of us, they would be pretty evil and pretty wicked, right? Or into the eyes of God. So Jonah 3, 4 says, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And so in this moment, Jonah is, um, I would have guessed, pretty excited because he's like, man, God is going to smite you. He's going to throw a lightning bolt. Your city's going to get destroyed, right? Uh, And he's like, man, you guys are so wicked. You're so evil. Praise the Lord. You're going to get what you deserve, okay? (laughs) So... um, Jonah had divine authority because of the word of the Lord came to him. It was a gift, but there was also an expectation to carry it out, uh, his role for what God had commanded him to do. And that's the same thing for you and I. Oftentimes, God says, look, you've got this gift to serve. You've got this gift to speak. Maybe you've got a gift, and I tell the, the youth all, Emma's looking at me, but maybe your gift is to be a chicken whisperer, right? Uh, and the youth are going to know what that means, but maybe that's what it is, and God has called you to step into that, but there's an expectation that you have to follow through with it, right? So, uh, oh man, I lost my place. All right, it was, it was a gift, but there was also an expectation out of the role for what God has given and commanded him to do. Jonah appreciated the wrath of God, but he didn't appreciate that compassion that the Lord was saying, look, um, he knew th- So Jonah basically knew that if the people repented, then God was going to pour out his grace on them. And Jonah didn't like that. (laughs) All right, so God, knowing God's forgiving mercy, he tried to ignore his responsibilities. Instead of following God's command to preach condemnation, he decided to flee, right? He decided to run away, but also run away from the presence of God. And I think oftentimes in our life, we're given these different purposes and expectations in life, and so many times we get scared of it, right? Maybe we don't want to offend people. Maybe um, we're just fearful, or maybe we're just lazy, right? And we just want to walk away from it. Um, So for me, uh, again, I've never been the one that's really loved talking in front of people, okay? Um, I get super high, um, a little bit anxious, but I'm getting better at it, okay? And so I remember um, when <laughs> Alexis and I, we first got this youth pastor position, 
And uh, I remember speaking, it might have even been at church or something, and I was so scared because I'm like, for me, I'm like, all right, God, I know you've uh, given me this calling. I know you want me to do it, but I also don't want to mess up, God. I want to please you. I want to speak what you've given me. And, uh, and it got to the point where um, there was one or two times uh, I was asked to speak at this community uh, service. And um, there was definitely a few times that I chickened out and I'm like, no, nah, I'm busy, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because I'm like, all right, uh, Alexis, I don't know what to speak. <laughs> and so it got to the point where uh, this one time, uh, probably after the second or third time, it was like... Uh, I was given another opportunity, and immediately I'm like, uh, man, I'm, I'm feeling a little busy this week, you know? And uh, immediately, uh, it was all because I wanted to please God, right, with these gifts or whatever, or the calling on my life. And immediately, Alexis is like, um, well, you're not leaving the church until you get the message you're supposed to give. So you might as well stay there, spend time with God, because you need to step out in it. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for such a wonderful life, right? <laughs> uh, in the moment, I was like, come on, right? So uh, <laughs> again, uh, I really wanted to, to or actually, I did run away from those a few times until uh, she's like, get back in water. All right. So anyways, uh, here's the truth. Every one of us has been made uniquely. We all have gifts and talents. We just got to figure out what it is. We can start by worshiping God and asking the Lord to reveal that to us. Uh, Psalms 139, 14. I praise you from fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. See, each and every one of us was created by God uniquely before the foundations of the world. He hand chose you. He hand, uh, I guess, picked out your abilities and talents. Um, so what are your gifts and talents, and how can you use those to glorify God? Uh, if you don't know, obviously you can start by worshiping God. Secondly, ask a relative, all right? Ask somebody in your family, what am I good at? Um, they'll probably be honest with you. <laughs> all right, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. All right, so all gifts were given by God and to be used to serve the Lord and others. Uh, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. We know everything is given to us by God. It's not ours, right? We know that we're equipped by the Lord, and it's up to us to walk out in that. Um, so is there something that you're gifted at? Do you have a passion for, it could be sports. Are you a chicken whisperer? Do you like to dance? Um, are you great at working with kids? Are you great at serving? Are you great at cooking? Are you a talented uh, speaker? Or maybe you're gifted at being, um, I guess as Doug would say, the alpha dog, right? Are you a great leader? Um, do you enjoy working with animals or building things? All these things can be used to glorify the Lord. Everyone has certain talents that God has given them and they're skilled in. Some people can be very hospitable, right? You can welcome people into your home. That's perfect for when we have small groups at church, right? Um, maybe you're relatable. Maybe you want to serve on the greeting team. Um, maybe you know how to make people feel comfortable. Maybe you, you love to pray with people. All these different things the Lord can use to glorify his kingdom and serve other people. Um, these talents can be more than hobbies or even careers. These gifts are used to glorify the Lord. 
and allow you to be a part of advancing the kingdom of God. So how can you use your gifts and talents to advance the kingdom of God? Don't run away from it, right? Uh, Colossians 3, 23 through 24, which I think has probably been one of my biggest helps in my life. Because a lot of times, for me, I'm like, all right, what in the world does Christopher think? How does he think um, I'm speaking right now? Okay, maybe it's uh, Richard. How in the world do I think um, Richard thinks I might be playing the bass, right? I start evaluating myself and the opinions of others, and that's when I start to fail, okay? That's when I start to feel defeated in my life. When I start comparing myself to other people, or I even start saying, you know what, how does Eli think he's doing? And then all of a sudden, it's like critique, 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 critique. And I think critiquing is good, right? We can use that to get better, but at some point, when we start doing it to please others or even ourselves then we're going to fail at some point. Colossians 3, uh, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Knowing from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward, for you are serving the Lord Christ. Everything we do, whether it's feeding chickens or whether it's singing or whether it's serving in the church, should all be for the glory of God and not ourselves, not for man, but for the glory of God. And I guarantee you, your perspective will change. You will do the very best of your ability if you have a mindset that you want to do it for the glory of God, not yourself or other people. Uh, the problem lies when we do something to gain the approval of others or even for ourselves. We don't meet those expectations, or sometimes we create these false realities. Um, we can say, you know what, uh, man, Gavin really thinks I stink right now, right? And then all of a sudden, you start feeling defeated, okay? And maybe Gavin in his mind is saying, you know what, uh, he's doing great. But for some reason, we start creating this, um, un- do what? <laughs> yeah, we, should, we start creating this perception of other people, right? And it's not the reality. So obviously, to defeat that, we have to do it for the heart of God, right? We have to do it for the Lord, not for man. Uh, sometimes our fear of failure gets in the way. To be a good steward, we have to move past our emotions and step in what God has called us to do. Uh, just as Jonah, um, called by God to be a messenger to speak on repentance, don't be like Jonah and walk out on the gift that God has given you. We have to overcome that fear, anxiety, rebellion, or even laziness. Do it all for God. And I encourage you, wake up every single morning wanting to serve the Lord to the best of your abilities. Every single morning, you're wanting to please God, not anyone else. And I guarantee you, your whole atmosphere of serving your family, being there for your family, being there for your job, will all change if you're doing it to please God and not man or yourself. Whether it's working... Whether it's evangelizing, right? If we don't care about other people, we still want to do it to glorify God. Uh, So whether it's evangelizing, whether it's taking care of your family, or even tending your chickens, do it for the glory of God. (laughs) We appreciate you, Emma. (laughs) All right, so being a good steward isn't just using our talents or being obedient to Christ, but it can also be managing our time. And I believe when I say time, I'm talking about spending time in the presence of God. Jonah chapter 2, 1 through 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of a fish, or the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord, out of my distress, he answered me. 
Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. So after the Lord uh, spoke to Jonah to rise and call out Nineveh, his response was to flee the presence of God. And oftentimes, even in our own life, when the Lord says, do something, we immediately want to avoid God and want to avoid what we're called to do. And that's what we've got to be careful about, right? Uh, he may say, uh, Richard, go pray for this person. And then all of a sudden, we're like... Oh man, they're, they're too busy. And then all of a sudden you want to avoid God. And I'm saying that because I've been in those shoes too. Um, so as Jonah was taking a ship, the Lord sent a storm to threaten the safety of the people. And this whole time, Jonah was running away from the presence of God. Um, it really took, um, I guess, the fish to really make him think about God. Because when the fish swallowed him, they threw him overboard And all of a sudden, Jonah's like, man, I'm about to die. Oh, no, Lord. And all of a sudden, this fish is sent to swallow him. Now, to me, I would rather spend time in the presence of God in my bedroom than in the belly of a fish, okay? But, hey, you be you, okay? Uh, (laughs) In the moment of desperation, God rescued Jonah. The sea was considered hopeless, and it was pretty much death. But it took Jonah... uh, But Jonah took it as a deliverance. He's saying, look, okay, God, I know you've rescued me. Uh, And so um, he never had repentance, but at that moment, he's like, God, I trust you. Unlike Jonah, part of being a good steward is we're blessed to be able to spend time in the presence of God. But like Jonah, we choose not to. Oftentimes in our life, we want to flee from God. Maybe you've gotten into a situation in your life where you're like, you felt like God has abandoned you. But that's not true. God is still with you. Um, And so at some point, maybe you feel like your life is just so busy and you can't spend time with God. Um, We were just talking to an individual the other day, and they're like, "Um, I have to get up at 4 a.m. I I come home, I got to get the kids, and I just feel like I'm drying out. And Alexis is like, well, how are you spending time with the Lord? And they're like, I'm not. Well, that's probably your answer, right? Uh, And so oftentimes it's like we just want to get busy with our life, but we got to throw the word in there somehow. We got to spend time in the presence of the Lord somehow. Um, We we see throughout Genesis, uh, yeah, we see throughout Genesis, God created everything good. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried running away from the presence of God. But, it, but God came looking for them, saying, where are you? And so we see that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere, right? And so, th- therefore, you and I can spend time in the presence of God at work. We can do it outside. You can do it here. You can do it, oh, in the belly of a fish, right? All of it's possible. You can't hide from the presence of God. So if Jonah can talk to God in the belly of a fish, guess what? You can get up in the morning and spend time with Jesus, all right? And I know it's a hard challenge, but we can do it. We can do it together as a church, right? Um, Psalms 139, 7 through 10. So where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If, my ba- if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. It takes the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. See, again, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time, and we can spend time uh, with him. So why not take that time to spend time with our creator? 
Uh, so how can we put this into practice, okay? Number one, well, guess what? We can start praying, spending time with the Lord. That's the easiest thing, right? And uh, again, you may have to be creative. Maybe it's getting up an hour early. Um, I, I know the POFs, they get up... To me, when they told me this, they're like, they get up at 3 a.m. just so they can spend time with God. I'm like, whoa, that's radical, right? That's, that's hardcore. Um, and then they got kids all day. And so I'm like, there's no telling what that would be like. You'd be drained. But they, they make priorities in their life. And I think we can do that too by making priorities in the presence of God. So don't let your own agenda make you flee from the presence of God. And that's exactly what Jonah did. Uh, we're fortunate to be able to spend time in the presence of God. So why on earth would we avoid him? So what's preventing you from being in his presence? Is it your schedule conflicting? Uh, and maybe it's coming together. Uh, my wife and I, we decided we're going to get up an hour early and uh, we're going to spend time in the word together and we're going to pray together and then we're going to work out. Um, something like that, right? So you can kind of come together as a family to figure out what you want to do. Uh, and that's a great way to do that, to put that into practice. So the next point is to be a good steward, manage your attitude and actions. And this one was pretty tough. Jonah uh, 4, 2 through 4 says, and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is it not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? See, Jonah had this hard heart towards the people. And he really needed that reality and that attitude check. And part of who we are, we're a new creation in Christ. Therefore, we got to evaluate how we respond to other people. Um, throughout this whole process, he was admitting that he fled because he did not want the Ninevites to be saved from judgment. It was like the Ninevites were more ready to accept the grace of God more than Jonah. And if it brought Jonah to the moment of wanting to die because God didn't destroy that city. And he had so much hatred and like, man, I am so frustrated with you, God. Just go ahead and take me out now. And to me, it was kind of ironic because he was just crying out to the Lord to save him in the belly of a fish. But hey, um, but it brought him to that moment of wanting to die. And so God was concerned about the city and Jonah was not. And while God hates sin, he's also slow to anger gracious and loving and I think that that was part of his um, calling and he was supposed to manage that right uh, his purpose in life was to fill um, I guess that the role of a prophet but just like you and I we're also called to share the love of Christ with other people and at the end of the day you and I don't deserve grace right it's been freely given to each and every one of us and Jesus died on the cross for you and I First uh, Peter 1, 18 through 20 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown, uh, foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Uh, a ransom is something that is paid to release someone from captivity, and that's what Jesus did for you and I. Jesus paid the price to free us from death because every single one of us has sinned, right? Um, 
before Jesus, uh, God required animals to be sacrificed to take the place of sins. Therefore, um, God sent Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice without sin to die on the cross for you and I, to really satisfy that requirements. And now you and I, we can be in the presence of God. And so it's, that grace is for everyone, whether it's Nineveh. Uh, and I was talking to Pastor Terry the other day, and I'm like, it could even be for... Um, was it ISIS, right? Uh, you've got all these different groups. The people need to hear the gospel. I don't care who they are. Everyone in the whole entire world need to hear the gospel, need the grace of God. So many times in our life, we get so much frustration. We get hatred towards people. There's unforgiveness in our life. And it's like, you know what? I don't care about you. But guess what? Jesus does. And he wants them to hear the gospel too. Jesus' blood covers all of our sins. And we can all receive that grace. So being a good steward, our actions and attitude really need to be in check, right? Especially that unforgiveness or bitterness towards people. Uh, he had a, Jonah had a unique responsibility by God, yet his emotions drove him to fleeing from God's presence with bitterness, wanting to die, and also didn't want God to share his forgiveness with these people. And I think oftentimes for you and I, it can be real easy to do that, especially when we have hatred towards somebody else or anger or bitterness, especially if we don't give it to God, it can start building up, building up, building up. And we have to be careful about that. Jonah uh, chapter 4, 10 through 11, and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And said not I pity Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who did not know their right hand from their left hand, and also much cattle. And so at this moment, Jonah was caring more about the plant than Nineveh. And so now God's calling him out like, yo, you care about this plant? You don't care about 120 people that aren't receiving this grace. And to me, uh, oftentimes in our life, it's like our emotions get to this point where we have bitterness towards other people. And we're like, okay, I care more about myself than them, God. So don't be that guy that cares more about the vine than human life. Don't be the guy that cares more about your personal comfort than the spiritual destiny of thousands of people. Often in evangelism, we care more about our own self or someone else's comfort than the eternities at stake. Because at some point, they're going to have to make a decision because they're either going to heaven or hell. Right, And so we don't want to allow our emotions that are temporary to be in the way of something that's going to happen for eternity. Okay, so someone uh, could be on their way to hell because we're too afraid to to talk to them or we're too afraid to speak truth to them. And this was convicting for me. I'm like, what? I don't want to be that guy, God. (laughs) 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. Show love and grace to people. Uh, we've experienced this love and grace, but we're also called to show it to other people. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, I tell you what, I went to this moment in my life where I had, I experienced bitterness, okay? Um, and I'll just be real, because uh, me, I've always been this Happy person that loved everybody, okay? But there was this one time when somebody uh, stirred up drama, okay? And as an adult, for a while, I was like throwing it off my shoulder, and all of a sudden, it really started to affect me. And any time 
um, I went by this individual. There was so much bitterness and hatred rising up where um, I started getting a panic attack or anxiety attack, whatever it is, where my chest was just do, 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 do. I'm like, oh God, I feel like I'm about to die here, okay? <laughs> and um, at that moment, I realized I had to do something about it. And so I went to talk to uh, actually Alexa's grandma, and uh, she's like, look, Eli, I think you're dealing with a little bit of unforgiveness. And I'm like, what? Me? I'm Eli, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know that's not me, okay? And then I realized that that's what it was, because anytime somebody brought up that name, I was like, oh, that's it. And so immediately, um, she's like, you know what? Forgiveness is a choice. And so every time you think about that individual, say, look, I choose to forgive them. You got to remember, God has forgiven you. So every time you think about them, say, I choose to forgive uh, Jimmy Bob. I choose to give uh, Sue, whatever it is. And every single moment, it got to that moment where I started to pray and bless them for my mind and my heart to change because I knew that I've received forgiveness from God. Now it's my turn. I, it's my I guess my life that I have to learn to manage that, okay? Just like for you and I to be good stewards, we've received that forgiveness. Now it's up to us to manage that forgiveness for other people as well. Uh, We all have, okay, so now let me ask you guys, every single one of us is called to stewardship in different areas. We all have time, emotions, opportunities. How are we gonna use them to serve the Lord? I wanna read you this last quote um, that uh, there was a four-square missionary Um, He kind of, I guess, shared it the other day. I'm like, man, that is so good, and I've been dwelling upon it. When given the opportunity to choose comfort, obedience, obey. And to me, that's a pretty challenging word uh, for each and every one of us because, again, our emotions and everything get in the way, but we're called to obey and to be good stewards with every aspect of our life because God has given it to us. And that is it. (laughs) Well, I didn't know. I knew you wanted to pray for some people. But uh, yeah, let me pray for you guys real quick. And then we're going to go into more prayer. So Father, I thank you so much, Lord, uh, for this day, God. And I thank you, Father God, that we can look at the life of Jonah and uh, I guess what he was called to do. And I pray, Father God, for each and every one of us that we don't get in a season where we turn our heart from you, God. I pray, Lord, that we just cling to you. We cling to your presence. I pray, God, that we just learn to show that forgiveness to other people all around us, God, especially in today's world, Lord. And I know, Father God, that we've received this forgiveness. I pray for every person in here, God, that you give us that boldness because there's hurting and lost people all around us that need to have the hope of Jesus, God. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord just fills each and every person in this place, God. In your name we pray. Amen.